are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Hey, everybody. Before we get into the show today, I know you're super excited. We're going to make this quick. I'm Michael Bauer. I am joined by Brandon Lejeune, host of the Debbie to Dynasty Football Podcast. Brandon, please tell me I said that right. Uh, it's Debbie Deep Dive Podcast. Debbie Deep Dive. I'm sorry. <laughs> Debbie to Dynasty Football is his YouTube channel, YouTube which is correct. important here right. because on May 22nd, you got something good going on. Please tell our listeners what that is. Yeah, I'm hosting an event called... Um, the Debbie summit, right? And it is really an event that I came up with in the fall that is going to be held on Sunday, May 22nd. It's going to be a live stream event from 12 PM to 6 PM. And it's really going to be the next step for dynasty owners, right? So for all your listeners uh, who maybe don't know what Debbie is or C2C, uh, this event is going to be an introduction to that format, which is a super fun format um, but it's also going to be, if you're an avid Debbie uh, player and been in Debbie leagues and C2C leagues, we're going to have a lot of stuff for you as well, um, really getting into uh, players. But so it, I'm really excited. It's going to be hosted by myself and Campus to Canton and the Rookie Big Board. And we've got a great lineup of guests. We're going to be talking everything from draft strategies, uh, understanding analytics, uh, player scouting with Ma Matt Waldman, uh, freshman fever with Jason DiRienzo from the Debbie Watch. We're going to have a uh, AMA, AMA segment with Katie Flower and Ryan McDowell and Ray Garvin. Um, so it's going to be really great. A lot of great people are going to be involved with it. And then at the end of the event, we're going to be having a Debbie mock. And I'm doing this as well to introduce the game of Debbie, but I'm also doing it to raise money for the refugees from um, um, Ukraine, the children and the families that have been displaced. So I'm, my goal is also to raise $10,000 during the event. Um, we're at like a thousand right now, and hopefully we'll be at two or 3000 by the time the event starts. But yeah, I'm really excited about it. I pre appreciate the opportunity to come in and let you, uh, let me speak about it. I'm really excited about it. It should be a fun, fun event for a lot of people. Yeah, that's great. So May 22nd, 12 PM Eastern, that's nine o'clock on the West coast. Make sure you check Correct. it out. And will we be able to donate if we miss the live screen stream? Can we donate afterwards too? Yes, you can. You can okay. donate now. You can go to find my uh, pinned up. It should be pinned on my Twitter account at Debbie deep dive. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll be putting it all over Twitter here as we lead up to the event on how you can raise money. That would great. be great. Thank you. Great. I know, I know times are tough right now, but times are tougher for other people out there. So have some fun, give what you can and make sure you check out Brandon on Twitter and Brandon, what's your handle? Just so everybody knows where they can find you and they can find that pin tweet. Uh, it's called Debbie, uh, deep dive. Debbie deep dive is my Twitter handle. All right. Perfect. Brandon, thank you for hanging out with me for a couple minutes and thank now you. on to the show. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everyone. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is back in business. We're here with the butternut squashes and yams of the world. I wish you would have been here for our pre-show chat. It was, it was fantastic. So I'm joined by Nate Christian, Shevinuni, and Phil Porkman, Wilding Out Simmons. And we are going to have a very, very great episode today. What? what why are you shaking your head down there? 
Because while I'm out, you had to add that in. At least you said it right. And you didn't even realize you said it right. By the way, if you're not watching, well, Bob edits all this out anyway. So whatever. (laughs) If you hear it on the audio pod, you should know that watching this right now, Pork's got a hell of a glare off his bald ass head. (laughs) Balding tires, too. Watch out for those. That's all it is. Oh, that's gross. So anyway, tonight on the Dynasty Rewind, we're going to be talking about rookies to avoid, rookie steals, and late round targets, all of which are very important. Um, If you've had your Dynasty drafts so far, let us know how you did. And if you're a patron of ours, please drop the links to your completed uh, dynasty rookie drafts in there we want to see we want to know where people is going we're also compiling some adp and if you can spare the five dollars a month patreon.com forward slash dinosaur rewind lots of good content over there rankings uh we got leagues that we got up and going you know just general banter in the group chat we have a lot of fun over there bonus pods we would love to see you there so let us start first with rookies that we are avoiding okay why are we avoiding these guys? Do we not like their draft capital? Do we just not like the player from an analytic profile or a film profile? I'm not going to speak for the other guys here. I, I only typically like to speak for myself. I'm a film guy, so that's what I just go off what I see. Uh, you know, we're going to tell you some of our concerns and why. So I'm going to start with a player that I feel was overdrafted, and that is Tyron Davis Price. He was a third round draft. I think it was a third round mm-hmm. in San Francisco. Yeah. Sounds about right. Third round draft pick of the San Francisco 49ers. Is he going to get the Trey Sermon treatment again? So, you know, a lot of people, they're looking at draft capital, but Trey Sermon was drafted pretty highly too. Same round. I don't know if the pick uh, matches right up, but uh, Elijah Mitchell ended up getting most of the carry, most of the work there anyway. Why do I not like Tyron Davis Price? Well, I don't hate for no reason. I'm not that guy. I have reasons. Uh, when I scouted him, one thing I noticed, he does have really good NFL size. So he measured in at 6'1", 232 pounds. I mean, that right there, the dude should be a banger, right? He should be a bruiser between the tackles. He should be knocking people on their ass in the second level. But he was the least powerful six foot one, 232-pound running back I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, <clears throat> as far as athleticism, I didn't really see anything that made him stand out from any other player on LSU's roster. Vision was not good. I saw him consistently running into the back of his lineman. I thought he was actually overly patient, danced around too much behind the line of scrimmage. Again, not very powerful. He was also not very elusive either. Uh, balance wasn't great. I didn't see him recover from a lot of you know hits and stuff like that. Receiving ability, he does catch the ball well. He catches the ball really well. He just does absolutely nothing with it after the catch. Pass protection was barely serviceable, and he was not a game-breaker, so... He had one season over a thousand yards at a legit powerhouse, and uh, in he had one stellar game, which was 2021 versus Florida. I think he had over 200 yards. His numbers would have been even worse. So, <clears throat> I actually had him projected as UDFA, and my total film score was a 3.91 on Tyron Davis Price. So, you know, hey, there's a reason why I'm not, I guess, in the front office of. Uh, you know, the San Francisco 49ers, they saw something I didn't. I don't exactly know what it is. Um, I will take Tyler Algier over Tyron Davis Price. I'm going to take the value. I'm going to take him around, round and a half later and hope for the best. Um, so that is the guy that I am avoiding. And Pork, you're up next. And I'll tell you what, I actually really like that you put this guy on here, to be honest with you. And when I, when I looked at it after you filled it out, I'm like, this is a discussion that needs to be had 
I think I know why you put it on here, but please, the player that you are avoiding is who and why? Um, the player I'm avoiding today um, is James Cook. I mean, he got drafted by Buffalo. He got the second round draft capital. Uh, but for me, um, getting I've seen him going at the end of the first and a couple drafts in the middle of the first round of the rookie drafts, and I think that's just way too high. Um, they still also do have a Devin Singletary, who was a serviceable running back. Um, if they're going to continue to use James Cook as a third down or running back um, with on an offense that Josh Allen barely checks down at all, um, I don't see where his value is going to be. And I don't see him, I don't see them like consistently using them out of the backfield too. So I think a lot of people's expectations of Dalvin Cook's brother to, you know, to be like Dalvin, I don't see that happening this year or maybe even the following year. And I see him the type of guy who's going to be replaced as well. Um, I would possibly take him maybe at the end of the second if he's still there. But, you know, due to his name, I, I'm definitely not taking him there. But there's, there's some, like Mike was talking about with the film, a lot of people say he's explosive. Um, I don't see it necessarily pop on film for me. It's just on in spots for me as well. Um, he has good contact balance. But um, other than that, they're already talking about him just playing out of the slot. Um, and for a running back with a team that has a Gabe Davis, has a Stephon Diggs, has a Dawson Knox, and a uh, Khalil uh, Shakir, um, if they're going to use him in the slot, where are they going to put him at, at the present time unless they're going to be starting him in the running back in the backfield? So with the draft capital in the first round of rookie drafts, um, I don't see that uh, prospering for him as in terms of value and production for for uh, for me for, for that to happen in that offense. Okay. I don't hate it. So you don't really like him all that much, and you're talking about he's getting drafted way too high. What is the highest that you've seen him go in any of your drafts? Do you guys know off the top of your head? Um, I've seen him go around like between the between the one hundred eight and the one twelve, okay. um, and the, probably as low as maybe like the two hundred four, two hundred five. I don't see him going any later than that. But I mean, and, and if it gets to around the two hundred seven or two hundred six, possibly for me, I think I would take a stab at him. But anything above that. Um, I see a, a lot better players. I would rather take a Rashad White out of t- uh, Tampa Bay, who has a possibility to have more uh, work for him because, you know, Leonard Fournette is the type of guy who – he is an older guy with a whole lot of tread on the tires. And I see him getting some uh, some pass-down work as well and some run-down work because, you know, Fournette is he's getting a little bit beat up at this time. Okay. All right. Perfect. I think the 204 and 205 is like the right area for him, in my opinion. I think if you get around the 27, I feel like you're getting way too deep in the, the draft where you're getting players that maybe just aren't as in a good spot as him. Maybe a little more talented, like wide receiver wise, but running back wise, I feel like 24, 25, I think is the sweet spot for me where I would take him. I, I don't think he's going to last ever to the 2-7, and I definitely don't wouldn't take him in the first round. I wouldn't take any running back in the first round, I don't think, other than the two guys that are Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall right now. Well, you know what? Actually, that, that brings us up to your guy, Chev. So here's a guy that a lot of people are taking in the back end of the first round, which mm-hmm. I just I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. He's kind of a guy that I think most of us are on a little bit here. Uh, but tell me who you have as a player to avoid and why. Yeah, and the guy that I have to avoid, it's not 
he landed in a great spot, but it just depends on what his role is going to be. And I don't know what that offense is going to look like in a year from now. And that's what really worries me drafting him two, two and above, like in the one twelve, one eleven. like I, I can't take Damian Pierce that high right now. I just feel, it just feels disgusting to me to do so knowing that I, I drafted a guy in the first round, but he also may not be on the field very much the year after that, whether they have a terrible season and they decide to fire Lovey Smith. I, I would imagine they're going to be down in a lot of games this, this next year. So they're going to be throwing the ball a lot more. They got Brandon cooks. They just got John Mechie, Brevin Jordan. I mean, I know there's going to be some pass catching ability there for Damian Pierce out of the backfield, but I, is he going to start right away? I, I mean, honestly, I don't really know what that looks like for him yet either. That kind of worries me as well. Like, is he going to get those reps early on or is this something we're going to have to wait on and see? And I think there's just too much uncertainty for me right now to be drafting him 111 to 202. I think he's right in the same mix with James Cook for me. I, I just don't want to risk going in on a running back and then him just being disposed of the next year. And then I lose a pick. Basically I much rather take a Jahan Dotson who is just a steal in this draft so far. I mean, I've seen him go two eight and that's just ridiculous for that kind of talent. I mean, I, I trust Jahan Dotson's talent a whole lot more than Damian Pierce's and J, uh, James cook at this point. And I think there's going to be system. Oh my gosh. The stability <laughs> with Jahan Dotson rather than Damian Pierce and James Cook. I don't know what their workload is going to look like, especially for James Cook. I mean, how many touchdowns are we really projecting this guy to get with Josh Allen in the backfield as well? And that that is what really hurts me drafting these other running backs other than Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall at this point in the draft. Yeah. Let's not get too excited about like fourth and fifth round draft capital for running backs too. Yeah. You know, it's it's been said out there that the player pool's a lot bigger because of players returning for COVID. So these skill position players are getting pushed down, and we're getting excited about a fourth round running back in Damian Pierce, fourth round running back in Isaiah Spiller. Although I do st- still do believe in his talent, we've had other guys, other wideouts, other running backs, tight ends too, uh, that we were excited about pre-draft. And again, just please know the NFL does not care about your fantasy team. I have to say that every week. We do need to know that. Um, Okay, next year for sorry for Damian Pierce too. Like this next draft is pretty good as well. Like yes. and they have Rex Burkhead, yeah. they have Marlon Mack. Like they're gonna probably draft somebody yeah. else next year as well. So that I I just keep brainstorming on it. But yeah, that's all I got. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you yeah, off. Mike. Damian Pierce no. is this year's Michael Carter. And yeah, you get yeah. a one year rental, yeah. and you might get those you know that PPR check down, and it might work out really well by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But if you draft him, you know you you want to move off of him by the end of the season. So, you know, if you draft them at the end of the first, early second, you're just hoping to get that investment back. Yeah. You know, I agree. And I'm happy if I, if I get him late and I hang on to him and he's a third down back, you know what I mean? Then I'm fine with that. But, um, so Nate, I'm a little surprised for your player here, but by all means, please indulge us. Yeah. You know, I wanted to pick someone that I'm, actually avoiding because i've had a lot of i've been stockpiling a lot of first like in the mid to end of the first round and i've seen this guy available you know at the you know that that area of the draft and i don't hate his adp overall you know i i like 
I don't mind at the end of the very, very end of the first beginning of the second, because we don't have a very deep draft class, you know, outside of the first like seven or eight players in this draft class, but it's not a guy that I'm picking over a lot of other wide receivers. And that's Christian Watson. I know he went to the green Bay Packers. I know Aaron Rodgers has no one to throw to other than like Alan Lazard, but we really need to temper our expectation for Christian Watson. You know, I've been seeing him go anywhere from like the 104, 106, uh, even even the 108, I think is a little bit rich for me because I'd rather have a guy like Jahan Dotson or, um, you know, even George Pickens, I would rather have over Christian Watson. So, you know, the fact that he's going over some of those other talented wide receivers, you know, it makes me a little, little nervous to be picking him at where he's going because – We've seen these athletic freaks before, you know, he's, he's also coming from North Dakota state university and, you know, I'm not going to really hold that too much against him, but the transition to the NFL could take some time. He's, he's unlikely to come in day one and just, you know, take off. So, you know, I'm looking at his player profiler right now and I love playerprofiler.com, and they have him compared to Denzel Mims, you know, both, big athletic wide receivers who maybe struggle a little bit separation, uh, a little streaky with their production and with that second round draft capital. I have almost the same exact prospect grade on Denzel Mims that I had on Christian Watson. I also have just about the same exact prospect grade that I have for Christian Watson that I had for Jalen Rager and also for Terrace Marshall. Uh-oh. These guys all kind of fit <laughs> into the same range oh, and, and they're guys that have that high ceiling and we get excited about because they're athletic and they're big, but mm-hmm. they lack the technique of a wide receiver that, you know, we're starting to really see become the thing in the NFL. Um, I, I know Bob was very uh, curious about my pick and I, I kind of tried to egg them all on by saying that Christian Watson was going to be Jalen Rager. And I don't, I don't really believe that. I think Christian Watson, you know, hopefully can be more successful than Jalen Rager. It won't take much. (laughs) It won't. (laughs) But we just posted something on the Dynasty Rewind Twitter account this week about Deontay Johnson being, you know, the future of NFL wide receivers. We're looking for speedy, you know, not big wide receivers who can create separation and then create yards after the catch. And Christian Watson, we saw him create yards after the catch at the competition level that he was in. And he's definitely got athleticism, but the route running isn't there to, you know, immediately translate onto the field. And I feel like he's going to be used in a similar role to uh, Valdez Scantling for the Green Bay Packers. I don't think he's going to come in and take over the targets and the uh, role that Devontae Adams played for the Green Bay Packers. And, you know, people want to just kind of do a like for like. And it's, it's just – it's very unlikely to happen because Devonte Adams is one of the best route runners in the entire NFL. And Christian Watson has a lot of work to do as a NFL route runner. So I just want to temper expectations. I don't mind him at the very, very end of the first or the beginning of the second, but there are wide receivers. I think that are more talented and ready, ready to produce in the NFL than Christian Watson. And we know how dynasties played it. You know, we're looking long-term, but it's really just like the NFL. It's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of league. And if Christian Watson struggles out the gate, we're, you're going to be losing value right away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So those are some of the guys that we're avoiding here. And, hey, we backed it up. We told you why, not just, oh, I'm off that guy with no 
you know, with no context. We want to let you guys know what we're thinking about there. So let's talk about now about some rookie draft steals, you know, just some guys that you like, who you're picking up. You like the spot, um, you know, guys that you think uh, you're drafting with a good value that could come in and produce for you. What gets you excited? So, Nate, we're actually going to start it back up with you. I like your pick, by the way. Tell me who you got. Thank you. Yeah, so, uh, you know, getting picked in the second round at a similar area to Christian Watson was Alec Pierce, who has kind of had an up-and-down draft process. Uh, during last season, Mel Kuyper had him as, you know, one of his top five, six wide receivers. He kind of, you know, lost some hype because he had to leave the senior bowl early and no one knew why. Came back out to the combine, blew it up, and started getting that draft hype again. And going in the second round to the Colts, who outside of Michael Pittman Jr. really don't have any wide receiver talent. Uh, Paris Campbell can't stay healthy. And outside of that, we got really nothing going on. Um, T.Y. Hilton has not resigned, And even if he does, he is a, a ghost of what he used to be. So Alec Pierce, you know, people are talking about how exciting Drake London and Kyle Pitts are as two big physical wide receivers. The Colts did the same exact thing. They got Michael Pittman Jr. and Alec Mm -hmm. Pierce, two physical athletic wide receivers, and they got a quarterback upgrade from Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan. I know Matt Ryan's getting up there in age, but I believe he can still sling the ball. And he's not going to be asked to do the same things he was with the Falcons. He's going to be able to work off a of play action and the run game of Jonathan Taylor. And I think that kind of offense really fits both Michael Pittman Jr. and Alec Pierce. Alec Pierce is going to, I think he's going to make a lot of big plays down the field off of play action because team's going to stack the box for Jonathan Taylor. And Alec Pierce is going to have one-on-one matchups. He's going to get down the field and he is incredible in contested catch situations. And I think Matt Ryan's going to have no problem throwing him the ball. So I think if we're looking for draft steals, you know, this, this is a guy that I've seen even fall into the third round. I think at this point he's starting to get a little bit of hype and he's more of a second, mid second, late second round pick. And I still love the value there. I think he's one of the top 10 wide receivers in this draft class. And with how shallow this draft class is at other positions, you know, I would take him in the beginning of the second round because I think this is a guy that, you know, even if he doesn't produce right away, he is the wide receiver two for that team. And outside of Michael Pittman Jr., uh, they don't really have anybody to throw the ball to. Uh, they don't have a tight end really anymore. They got Jelani Woods, who they just drafted, but I think he's raw, so he's going to take some time. And Alec Pierce is the guy. So I, I think this is kind of a no-brainer for me because we know Alec Pierce is talented. He's not the sexy name, but he's talented. Went to a great landing spot. Everything's lining up, but he's he's just not the sexy name out there. So Take advantage of the, does everyone underrating this guy? He's probably going to be underrated his entire career. That's how these things usually work. If you come into the NFL underrated, usually stay underrated. All right. I like the pick though. I've been scooping him up a little bit. Got him in the late second. Uh, one draft I did. And I was really, I think it was like 208, something like that. I was pretty happy about that too. Um, so Chev, you got a steal here too. And this, this guy was a hot topic for, I mean, actually the last couple of years, if you want to think about it, you know, he's been on everyone's tongue a little bit. So tell us who is your rookie draft steal? Yeah. And I think this guy, he's talented. It's just the medicals have really let him down and he slipped, 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 and he didn't even get drafted. And Justin Ross got the opportunity to choose exactly what team he wanted to go to, what quarterback, what coach he wanted. And he's getting drafted in the fourth and fifth round of rookie drafts. And, 
once you get to the fourth round, it's slim pickings. There is not much going on there. I mean, every once in a while, somebody may fall, but I, I'd much rather take a chance on a guy that has Patrick Mahomes maybe as his quarterback, is in an offense that loves to throw the football deep, and I think that's something he can he can do well for them if he's able to get on the field and medically clear. I just like the opportunity for him more than a lot of these other guys that are going in the fourth and fifth round. Like there's, there's a uh, Turner from Washington who I like as a, a deep pick as well. I think they're shallow at tight end in Washington, but I just love the opportunity that he's going to get. I mean, as long as he can prove that he can stay healthy, he has the ability to get on the field. I mean, I just can't tell you how ugly it gets doing these mock drafts in the fourth and fifth round is just terrible to choose players and if you're in those draft spots try to trade up as much you can to the third round or beginning of the fourth round so you can get a, a thornton or somebody like the Velas jones who's with the bears i mean maybe he gets opportunity but when you get to that spot where four or five and later there's not much left for you to go for there and that's why justin ross for me is it going to be a steal in drafts he may not even play but a lot of those guys that were drafted in the fourth round are probably not going to get an opportunity either Good point. Chev, as a Bears fan, how do you feel about the Vilas Jones pick? I mean, he's I think he's closer <laughs> to retirement than Van Jefferson. So, yeah, I was a little perplexed by that one. Yeah, I'm just surprised Porkman didn't uh, put him higher in his wide receiver <laughs> rankings. He usually likes those guys a lot more. But, you know, I think he's going to be experienced wide receiver <laughs> coming out of college. Uh, he loves to play special teams. I think he just seems to be a guy that will do whatever it takes. He said he wants a gold jacket by the end of his career. So, I mean, hey, more power to that guy. But I don't I don't see uh, that happening in his future. But good luck to him, you know. Well, I just searched him. He's actually on an ad for AARP. So, I mean. Check I your wheelchairs. He might have stole it. You never know. I don't know. Listen, if you want to know more about Velos Jones, if you want to know what Nate and I think, come check out patreon.com forward slash Dan's to Rewind. We will be talking him about him tonight on Patreon pod. I'm sure we'll have nothing but glowing things to say before we move right. on to Phil, um, master of aging wide receiver disasters. Nate, you had something else you wanted to touch on before we move on. I did. And I, I, I forgot to make this point. I was just talking about Christian Watson. And I was just talking about Alec Pierce. You know, we look at these two players, Alec Pierce, six foot three, 208 pounds. Christian Watson, six foot four, 208 pounds. Alec Pierce, 441, Christian Watson of 436. Similar percentiles for all their speed score, burst score, all that kind of stuff. Both second round draft picks. One coming from North Dakota State, one coming from Cincinnati. What is the deal with the ADP difference? You know, it's just people thinking that Christian Watson's going to be the wide receiver one for the Packers. And I just don't see it. So. You know, Porkman said that Alec, <laughs> Alec Pierce is white, and hey, maybe that's it. He's a grinder. He's a gym rat, and that goes against him. But it, it's the reason, it, to be honest with you. It is probably is just to be real. Everybody, because everybody is already comping Alec Pierce to Adam Thielen, which is some bullcrap because Adam Thielen is good, but he's the only other good white receiver. Like, pick somebody else. That Axton Barrios is good too, man. <laughs> Cole Beasley was good. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah he lost his mind. Happens. So, but I'm just saying, Alec Pierce, Christian Watson, similar players. Honestly, I think similar situations. And 
I don't get the big difference in ADP. Will Alec Pierce have a same quarterback the next season, though? The Colts are really good at just shuffling quarterbacks around. I think that's the huge key to his success. That's true. I mean, he. I mean, Christian Watson has Aaron Rodgers, so I'm going to take Christian Watson before Alec Pierce, but I don't think the divide should be as large as it is. I agree. So, I mean, I'm just searching for current white wide receivers in the NFL. Just so I can... It's not a lot, Mike. You just keep looking. Why is there a picture of Miller? Who? Scotty Miller. Fuck him. All right, so let's move on. Uh, (laughs) Edelman's coming back, maybe. You never know. Yeah, he might. Just for Gronk. All right, so uh, Phil, who is your rookie draft steal? All right, so my rookie draft steal is uh, Zamir White. Uh, He's been going in rookie drafts uh, around like the beginning to the middle of the third round. Um. Only reason I think it's a draft steal is because the news we got from the Raiders saying that uh, they're declining Josh Jacobs' option and seeing that the new coaching staff, that's not his guy, GM, that's not his guy. They drafted, I believe they drafted their guy this year. So um, after what we see, you know, we, he did have some uh, ACL injuries, but, you know, it seems like everybody can come back from that now. Um, but he shows that he has elite speed. And I feel as though he could fit in that offense really, really well. <clears throat> so if that's if that's the GM's guy and they say, okay, we don't want you, Josh, you can go somewhere else because we're not going to pay you, obviously. Zamir White just slots into that thing, just like how the Pittsburgh Steelers do with the wide receivers. We're not going to pay you. We're just going to get younger and get somebody else. So I just think that's just the main reason why. Yeah, and Kenyon Drake might get released as well because I believe his contract um, is conducive for that. Um, I don't see them getting. I don't see them releasing him now. Yes, Mike, it's a nice word. Mm. Um, I, I I feel as though King and Drake will fit um, as a good backup for that team, but I think Zamir White, for me personally, uh, profiles as a three down back uh, on that offense. And with with the Josh McDaniels, um, we did see he likes to run the ball with when he's with uh, New England when he's calling the plays. So uh, Zamir White. I think he's a could be a perennial uh, a thousand yard rusher from years to come um, on that offense. I know some people don't like him, um, don't profile him as as a top as a, a three down back in the uh, in the NFL, but I do. So I'm taking a whole bunch of them. I took him um, in the end of the second round in a league I in with Mike, and I have a ton of them in the beginning to mid third and other leagues. Yeah. Um, I like the pick and I like the spot for him too. Um, I do want to say his teammate Hunter Renfro is also a Caucasian wide receiver. Um, so just wanted to point that out to everyone. Bob's gonna well, have to go that out. Yes. Um, <laughs> I do want to say if you've ever seen the movie Euro Trip, Hunter Renfro looks like Scotty from Euro Trip. So Hunter didn't know, you know what I mean? We could start that here. <laughs> Hunter didn't know. So, no, nothing. Well, we're not live, so nobody gives a shit. All right, so let's move on to my rookie <laughs> draft steal. And I've been drafting him everywhere, and I tried to get hella picks in the third round to do so. And that is Greg Dulcich, who was drafted by the Denver Broncos. Look, the fact of the matter is Russell Wilson knows how to utilize tight ends better than Drew Locke did, better than Teddy Two Gloves did, although both Fant and Alberto were relevant enough with – um Teddy Bridgewater is quarterback. Russell Wilson, he, he's just better. It's, I'm not making anything up there. We know that. The Denver Broncos know that. Russell Wilson knows that. 
Apparently the Seattle Seahawks do not know that. Uh, but that being said, I think overall he is a better prospect than Albert O. Albert O has also shown that he has an affinity for getting banged up. Now, Dulcich isn't a standard inline tight end all the time. They can move him out. So, look, the Broncos are going to be an offensive mismatch for defenses, and you have to be in the AFC West right now. You just have to be. You're going to have to score a ton of points. And Dulcich can be a piece of that. He was a walk-on wide receiver at UCLA. He was not recruited. He was a no-star recruit. So to go from that to this shows that this dude has no problem working hard. Okay, and that means a lot to me. So um, I like him. I like what I see from him. And just a couple things here. You know, he's not the fastest guy. He builds up ahead of steam. He's pretty good after that. Physical, physical guy and a very good blocker as well. So I have him graded as right between serviceable and a good starter. And I think that grade as a prospect for a tight end is good enough to possibly catapult you into tight end two status at some point. I'm not saying that it's going to be this season, but you know, maybe within two or three years because tight ends take some time. We know. And if Alberto gets hurt, I think he's the next guy up. Do you guys know if anyone else is on that roster? Is Jake Butt still there? Oh, poor Jake <laughs> Butt. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, I think it's curtains. So no, he's. I think he's gone. I don't think he's on the roster. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't they have gone. another Ohio State tight end. I can't think of his name right now, um, but I think he's on the roster as well. Hmm. Nick Vanette. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Okay. Happen, yeah. Well, Dulcich is better than Nick Vanette. So yeah, yes. So and Pork, you're gonna say that to Nick Vanette's face for me would be great. Like, why are you trying to get me to fight somebody, bro? <laughs> <laughs> What's funny? What's he uh, it does like? look like they have Eric Tomlinson. Oh boy. Oh. I want to oh, see boy. you fight Antonio Gibson because I think you could take him. Who? Who else uh, thinks that? Not yeah, no. He's got that the ankles, right? He's got the ankle issues. He got, got bad the injury though. Oh, that's right. I can't run no more, clown. Oh man. Freaking kneecap, man. I went from a four four to a to a Jalen Weidemeyer. Sucks for you, oh, man. Oh man, come on. Yeah. The funny thing is, Weidermeyer has better draft capital than you, which is none. <laughs> yes, right. but would you guys like Same. to hear some yeah, fire ass commercials? Hell yeah. Bring it. All right, here we go. Do you still want to draft but don't want to join yet another dynasty startup? If so, it's time to check out Underdog Fantasy. Best ball platform season long drafts for the 2022 season are now open. Now's the time to reap the benefits of being a dynasty player that follows the NFL year-round. Support the Dynasty Rewind team and join us on Underdog Fantasy by using promo code Rewind when you make your first deposit and you will get a 100% deposit match up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 more to play with. Boom. The link is in the description. We'll see you there. Are you looking for a new way to play Dynasty, a way to go deeper than just drafting, trading, and setting lineups? If that's true, it's time to check out DynastyOwner.com. DynastyOwner.com is the new and improved way to play Dynasty Fantasy Football at its deepest level, featuring new challenges like managing a salary cap, navigating player contracts, as well as setting your lineups. Sure, rookies are a value now. What about in the future? Build your dynasty around the cap and make the tough decisions when the time comes. New leagues are now forming. It's time to own your dynasty at dynastyowner.com. Let them know the Dynasty Rewind sent you by using the code Rewind. The link will be in the description. 
Are you looking to support the Dynasty Rewind team and enjoy your favorite live events at a great price? It's time to check out our friends at SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the leading mobile-focused ticket platform that enables fans to buy and sell tickets for live events such as sports and concerts. They search all the big ticket sites for you, analyzing thousands of ticket listings, and present the results using SeatGeek's deal score system and rate the best deals all in one place. They utilize 3D maps to make finding the perfect seat easy for you. Creating an account takes seconds. When you use promo code Dynasty Rewind, you will get $20 off your first ticket purchase. Sign up today and enjoy a game tomorrow. And lastly, do you, my friends, want some Dynasty Rewind swag? Make sure you visit ViridianGlobal.com, the only official merchandise company of the Dynasty Rewind. Make sure you use the promo code Rewinder, all caps, at checkout for 10% off all Dynasty Rewind and Dynasty Rewind only merch. Again, don't forget, ViridianGlobal.com is the only place that you will find official Dynasty Rewind merchandise. Thanks again, everybody. All right, so welcome back. And now we're going to be... Commercial thing. All right, so now we're going to be talking about some late round draft targets. I'm still figuring out this mixer. What do you want from me? Um, so you know, guys, obviously, Chev, you made a great point that it gets a little sketchy in the fourth, fifth round sometimes, but you have to have a plan, right? Sometimes trading out or trading back just doesn't happen. You can't always make a deal. You have to pick somebody, and you don't want to pick Vilas Jones. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just don't think you do. So maybe you do. Maybe you want to take a dart throw. On Vilas Jones, you know what I mean? He could be down at the Good Shepherd home outside of Northampton next week, too, for all I know. So he could be. We don't know. But anyway, we had to talk about some guys, and we're going to start with me, and my guy is Daniel Bellinger. Now, before I talk about Daniel Bellinger and why I want him, um, our director of operations, Robert Van Duzer, and you can find him on Twitter at Bob Van underscore like who just doesn't underscore and leaves it at that um he pointed out that in episode 157 and he gave me the timestamp too but i didn't put it on down in here that i said if anybody is touting daniel bellinger you should just completely discredit what they're saying for the record i went to that timestamp bob and i was talking about jeremy ruckert someone else completely different and then nate started talking so get your timestamps right but i completely understand my concern was people were touting Daniel Bellinger as a top two or three tight end in this class. I did not see that. Now, that being said, he got decent draft capital. He's going to a team where in front of him is Ricky Seals-Jones and Jordan Aikens. So the fact of the matter is there's not a lot of competition on a team that needs pass catchers. Kenny Galladay. No. Sterling Shepard. Should probably retire after all those concussions. Got some some uh, Grant Calcaterra stuff going on there. Darius Slayton, he's a nice story, but what has he done lately? I think he only had like 300-some yards receiving last year. So the New York Giants, they need pass catchers. I know Kadarius Tony's there. They drafted Wanda Robinson. These guys are still really young. They're still really raw. And you have an inconsistent quarterback and an off-injured quarterback like Daniel Jones. Daniel Bellinger is a guy who is really good on screens, and he's really good on short and intermediate routes. He could be a great security blanket for Daniel Jones. That's why I like him. Do I necessarily believe in his talent? Somewhat. There are other guys that I like in this class better. That being said, there's guys that might be better. Like Jalen Weidermeyer might actually be better on a football field than Daniel Bellinger, but he went undrafted. He went to the Bills. They're a little crowded there. 
So I'm willing to take a chance fourth, fifth round on a guy like Daniel Bellinger. And I don't think our man Greg Bell got drafted or picked up. Did he, Bork? Nobody picked him up. No, it's a shame. He was a hammer two minutes. No, no, but, um, you know, this just shows you do have to adapt your process too. You can't just have your take lock and never adapt. I didn't like Daniel Bellinger. Still not the biggest fan, but I'm willing to take a shot on him because of that. Um, two honorable mentions that I have for you guys too. Isaiah Pacheco, late round draft pick of the Kansas City Chiefs. If CEH experiment doesn't work out, Pacheco, pretty good between the tackles, pretty good pass catcher. And Ty Chandler, and he was a UDFA for the Minnesota Vikings. Dalvin Cook's not going anywhere. Alexander Madison might. Ty Chandler could step into that backup role. And as we have seen, the backup role in Minnesota has been somewhat viable at times, too. So those are some late-round guys I like. Phil, I like your pick. Why don't you fill us in? Oh, boy. All right. So for days. that was terrible. Um, So my uh, my late-round steal is – Snoop Connor, um, for he got he went to the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, and when you have uh, James Robinson who's coming back from injury, um, as well as uh, Travis Etienne who's coming back from injury, we're not really sure how it's going to go. So he's pretty much going to get probably the majority of the uh, of the carries during training camp in the off season. So um, just based off of the film that we saw, um, he's a really good run the runner of the ball in between the tackles. And he just seems like he just follows his assignments correctly. And if it's just if it's just him right now in the backfield, I feel as though he's going to get some sort of a run um, during the preseason where you can see how he's going to fit in this offense. And again, this is a new a new uh, offensive scheme that we're going to have because of the idiot Urban Meyer that was there last year. Um, we we have somebody that can actually you know how to run the ball and run an, run a, a football team. And with Snoop, I think he's going to fit perfectly, fit fit perfectly there with with the possibility of you know, uh, Travis Etienne coming out of the backfield uh, more, or or James Robinson, you know, getting a chance for him to uh, to get healthy. But this might be also a perfect opportunity if Snoop does do well in the beginning of the offseason is to sell him after a couple of weeks if he does really well too. So mm-hmm. you can actually. Uh, Improving your investment, turning a fourth round pick into a second round pick for a better draft class for next year. So you know you just got to think about certain things like that. But um, as a as a pure talent, I think Snoop can fit perfectly and you know give you a little bit of touchdown upside. Yeah, but why draft Snoop Connor when you could just pick up Brykewell Armstead, who's also on the Jacksonville Jaguars? Well, when he has COVID for two years, it's, it's not going to work. So I'd rather yeah. just keep with Snoop Connor. I, I mess with you. I like Snoop Connor a lot. Actually, he was a banger. I mean, the dude was he yeah. was he was pretty good. Um, which I thought was odd. He got drafted. Jerry on Ely, who was the productive back at Ole Miss, did not. Um, yes, and that's my honorable mention. He didn't get drafted, but he did get picked up by the. I understand that. It's not Mike, on the sheet. It's not. I don't care the, about your freaking piece of paper. I just thought about seen it when it. I was at work. Porkman literally no. deleted like everybody's take for this, <laughs> this portion right before he talked about it. So, but luckily, yeah, you but had that honor- printed. My honorable mention is a Jerion Ely. He got picked up by Kansas City. Um, I think he's better than Pacheco um, at this point. But oh. you know, we how you see how he does with um, making people miss in the open field. Um, and we saw what they did with the Jared McKinnon last year during the during the playoffs. 
I think he can profile to something like that and um and give you some some sort of value as well. So I've been I've been pick I picked him up like in the fifth round where there's nobody available. Um fifth round of rookie drafts. Or you can just get him after the draft is over and just pick him up for probably for free because people didn't realize I didn't realize he got picked up until the other day by Kansas City. So yeah, well, let's go with that. Um, you better pay attention. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Chev, um, your pick I like and I get it. Not a guy that I'm super high on, but I'm kind of coming around a little bit. Um, The more I think about it, the more I'm liking the landing spot. So who you got for us? Yeah, first I want to mention Calvin Austin. If there's anybody that can turn a wide receiver into something good. It's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers, who I think he was drafted to. So I think that's a guy that would end up trying to pick up late as well. Just good opportunity, possibly in a place that knows how to evolve their wide receivers. And the guy I'm going with is Khalil Shakir, who gets a quarterback in Josh Allen, who's an absolute beast. Fantasy QB probably one for the future going forward. I just like his upside as well. I mean, he's in a he's in an offense that – you know, they throw the ball a good amount. He has a quarterback that has a freaking cannon of an arm. And, you know, the wide receivers, they seem to just fade away. I mean, they brought back Isaiah McKenzie, I believe it is. But other than that, they have Crowder, I think. I think he just went there. But usually they don't keep wide receivers very long. It's usually they kind of recycle them, it seems like. And I think Khalil Shakir, being in that opportunity, being a late pick, fourth, fifth-round pick, I want to pick a guy that has a really good quarterback and somebody that can show me some upside. And from watching the film, I really like what I saw. And I believe he played for Boise State. Is that correct? Boise, yep. Calvin and Austin? No. I'm sorry. Oh, Clear I'm sorry. You're back in Clear Secure. Yes. Yep. Boise State. Sorry. Yep. No, you're good. But, yeah, I just like the upside. I like the the quarterback that he has moving forward. And, I mean, there's always going to be opportunity, it seems like. I mean um, – Oh, shoot. What's his name? Gabe. Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis. I mean, he's getting an opportunity. Four touchdowns in a game. Like, throw Khalil Shakir out there. I think he has good opportunity to explode as well. It might not start off in the from the very beginning, but he's a stash that you can grab in the fourth round that I think holds more value than other people. All right. Perfect. And also, when I was looking up Rykel Armstead before, I brought up the Jaguars depth chart, and their wide receiver core is pretty gross, man. Um, Nate, Let's close it out with you and who is your late round draft steal. I think you like him more than I do, but I get it. So what do you got for us? Yeah, this is a guy that I've been excited about for years now. You know, he's, he's been a Debbie darling for about his entire college career mm-hmm. coming on at Texas and producing right away as a freshman with uh, 142 rush attempts for 700 yards 27 receptions, you know, a couple of touchdowns making waves right away. But then Bajan Robinson had to come up and be one of the best running backs ever behind him. So Keontae Ingram had the transfer to USC, had a solid there uh, year there this past year and got sixth round draft capital, which I was happy with. I didn't know if he'd get drafted, mm-hmm. um, but they see the talent there. He's got good lateral ability. He's got good size of six foot, 220 pounds. And decent athleticism. He ran a four or five and not bad at all for, you know, being 220 pounds. And he goes to the Arizona Cardinals where behind James Conner, the oft injured James Conner, there is, you know, Benjamin, who I've not been a fan of since, since he came into the league. And there's my boy, Jonathan Ward. But as much as I love Jonathan Ward, most likely the sixth round pick uh, gets the opportunity first. And I do like Keontae Ingram. 
He's going to come in. I think he fits well behind James Conner. I don't think he really compliments James Conner too much, mm-hmm. but if James Conner is injured, I think he can step into that role and fulfill it at a level that the Arizona Cardinals will be going to be happy with. And you on your fantasy football team are going to be happy with, and this is a guy you can get in the fourth round. Um, you know, a lot of people are overlooking him, especially if they're not on Twitter. Um, so this is a guy that, you know, you're really just shooting for a handcuff here, but at the fourth round, a handcuff who one injury away stepping into the starting role, most likely that's pretty good. Um, and especially behind a guy that is usually injured for at least four or five games a season. So Keontae Ingram, he, he seems like a, a match made in heaven for how the Arizona Cardinals want to run their offense. He's like I said, he's very similar to James Conner, both in size and pass catching ability and, uh, you know, ability to get those short yardage as well. So if James Conner goes down. I expect Keontae Ingram to step in basically you know, as a one for one, maybe not quite as efficient, but should see a decent amount of volume. So with my fourth round pick, I'm not going to get too many better options than that. I don't know why the Cardinals too. They love Eno Benjamin for whatever reason. It seems like they try to just give him opportunities left and right. So it's it's just a weird situation. I don't know. It's weird. I like I like Ingram too. Couldn't make the active roster his rookie year because he can't do special teams. Yeah, Jonathan Ward was out there though. He was. Right. Surprised that you would draft a running back that can't play special teams. You know when you're talking guys that are fifth round or later as a running back, you have to play special teams. Same thing with wide receivers. If you're if you're not getting good draft capital, you better be out there. On yeah, teams. and even if you're getting good draft capital, like you know the seventh pick in the third round to the Chicago Bears and your Velas Jones, you still need to be good at special teams. I think yeah. that's what they drafted him for. But that's what they got him for, yeah. Tyquan Thornton, too. I mean, he has opportunity to do something in New England. I mean, there's wide receivers that aren't very fast. He's kind of fast, so he's the guy that you can pick up, too, that's at least going to get a shot at it. Yeah, he's going to fulfill that Nelson Aguilar role. Yeah. The small role it is. Going to drop everything. So, great. All right. That is going to wrap it up. I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, Hope to see you over on Patreon. You know who's not a patron of ours? My brother-in-law, Vinny. He uh, listens to the show, but he's not a patron yet. So, hopefully, he heads on over to patreon.com forward slash dinosaur. You know, Vinny, what are you doing, bro? And I see an email that says Vinny has pledged $5 and then I will get him access to our discord where there's tons of great channels. You can talk about a lot of different things, whatever you want. There's a general chat in there too. Rankings our notion database, which Sean did an amazing job on. Um, I think he worked on that after taco Tuesdays. So hope to see you over there for Nate, Phil and Chev. I'm your host, Michael Bauer until next time, everyone be kind. Please rewind. Thanks for listening. Take me out of here, Sean. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And as always, be kind, please rewind.